can you do your vocal warm-up exercises again? Perfect. All right. Can you introduce the episode? Okay, so this is part two of talking with the boys of Recipe for a Swale. What are we uh, talking about in this episode? First up, beers. Second up, watching highlights. Third up, kids. You know, kids. Fourth up, we have changes. Changes. <clears throat> Fifth up, we have making new friends. Sixth up, we have fixing stuff. Yeah, great. Um, can I ask a question? What do you say to your critics who say you sound nothing like me? Oh, well, I say to them, you need to get your hearing checked. I just wanted to see a picture in the paper of a bloody toilet on the steps. That's all I wanted. Okay, so I wanted to ask all three of you the, the, a similar question based on what you're talking about here we go, was that in the last few years that all three of you have dealt with change so we go you recently got a new job which is sort of changing the whole dynamic of how you spend a week going from retail hours to i guess more common hours week yeah, like more of a monday, more to, of monday a, to friday monday to friday yeah um ellis has moved from uh wollongong or adapto to live out in rural um new south wales slash victoria um and stew uh, has cha- had a career change as well, or like basically lost your job, right? At, at where you were working before, um, and I wanted to ask you that of like how you how you dealt with that change, but also how you negotiated those changes or dealt with those changes with your wives, and what what was the the focus of discussion when you had to make those changes or those changes were put upon you. Uh, Wigan, do you go first because it's recent for you. Okay, so very recent. So I haven't actually started the gig as of yet, but Mm -hmm. to give you a little bit of context around what happened, I I went to a a leadership conference probably 10 weeks ago uh, and saw some of our learning team present and sort of went away from that conference and said, you know what, I think I'd be really good at that. And I really enjoy any time those people are presenting and I enjoy what what they present and what they're all about. Didn't really think much about it, um, but put myself in a position to do some stuff around the sort of edges of, of the learning team. And then all of a sudden went to another thing about four weeks ago and the learning team came in and said, we are advertising a job and have been advertising a job for the last X amount of weeks and no one knows about it for some reason. And so four weeks ago, I didn't even know. These, these are salespeople, aren't they? They're, yeah. Well, they're, yeah. 
So That's they walked in. It was, man, it was so bizarre because, uh, anyway, it, anyway. They, like, they, they were talking to the people that they wanted to be talking to, but they'd had this job up and advertised for X amount of time. But it seemed that some of the people in the, like some of the powers that be didn't really get that message through because they didn't want to get rid of their good people. Um, but I put my hand up and then like five days after that, I had an interview and then seven days after that, I had to do a presentation and then three days after that, I got offered the job nice. and it was, and I've, I've, so it all happened really quickly and Linz and I have, like we've dealt with this sort of change before, you know, I've, I've changed retail jobs, which then changes hours, which then changes how our family functions huh. um, over, you know, over this last sort of five years, it's been quite, well, yeah, it just goes all over the place. Like working retail hours is literally Monday to Sunday. The Eagles be- nearly kicked in then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> Welcome to the hotel. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Oh, sorry about that. Um, <laughs> am I back? The uh, and so we'd like we we dealt with a whole heap of change, but this is different because my wife's a teacher, yeah. so she's a Monday to Friday. I've never been a Monday to Friday. This will be the first time since, well, yeah, since Harvey's been born that I'll actually get to have more than just Christmas Day with the family because I get to take two weeks leave over Christmas. The significance of this mm, is it's massive. You've been a retail, you've worked in retail, say how long? Oh, 20, well, 21 years. Mm. Yeah. So 21 years of working weekends, Working public holidays, working Boxing Day. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah Wiggins is known as the Christmas Grinch. Because, yeah, pretty much because of that, right? And that's well, like we're about to find out. Well, no, year, well, that's there's there's the ten percent of my like the ten percent of my negativity. Like yeah. it, it comes from <laughs> comes from that comes from the Christmas period, right? Yeah. <laughs> I That's, think you're being. I think it's way more than ten percent. Yeah, yeah well, no, because we I'm said it was really ninety positive. positive for the rest yeah, of the right, right. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Um, but also, like, I was saying to my wife, can you imagine having to work weekends and public holidays and shit for twenty one years, and then suddenly not? Yeah, I was going to ask you. We and go. She like- went and she went out. And I apologise to any sensitive eared Chattanoogas out there. Um, <laughs> how the fuck did he do that for so long? Hmm. Yeah. Good question. And can I say, you were talking about darkness and light. I don't think anyone's expressed more vicarious joy for Wiggins than Buckland through this whole process. Like, absolutely. The, the absolute, the, you want to talk about positivity and, you know, throwing it out to the universe and stuff. The one man who's done probably more than anyone would be Buckland. He sat there, was so excited, probably more excited than Wiggins. By the <laughs> well, I'm still in shock. You know what? You know what? I, mean? you know what? I would agree. I would agree. You know why? Because Wiggins has to sort of, I, I was there when you when it all sort of you came back from Melbourne. And I was at your house, and you were like, "Oh, I've got this decision to make." And for that, even though we were hanging out together, there was still Tetris going on in your mind, right? Of like, "Well, this will have to change, and that'll have to change." With Stu, you don't have that. You just see this is the positive of it. 
So Wigo is probably like you like Ella said. Yes, yeah, Stu's definitely like more positive about this than Wigo because obviously Wigo has to make these changes. It, it's not about the hours or whatever. It's about the fact that he he wanted something, he committed to it, he went hard and got the reward. I think that's yeah. like I think that's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Stu. And you know what the funny thing is? Is I had the same thought in sort of some reflection over the last couple of days. And although I was really proud of myself, why the fuck did it take me 21 years to do it? (laughs) Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. I would have been the same. (laughs) But I did it. You know what I mean? Like I did it. Like I've always been the guy that sort of just went, oh, yeah, that'll be fine. That'll be fine. That'll be fine. But I actually I, put I my- don't know, like the 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 fact that I don't like it's less money. Mm. I don't know how much because, but it's a, that's a, that's a, something that is a worry when you got a mortgage and stuff. So, yeah. like, it's not like you could have done it at any time. That's a hurdle to get over, mm. um, because you miss out on sales commissions and all that sort of stuff. So, yep. But I'm, so, yeah, I was going to ask. I was going to ask that same question of like. When you balanced that up, was it something where you realized that really had like didn't weigh as much as you may have first thought? Um, yeah, I well, I think I've gotten to a stage where I I'd been driven by that for so long. Right. I'd met a couple of people over the last sort of twelve to eighteen months that had given me a little bit, just from a business perspective. And from a money perspective, it's really not that important. Like I'd, I had put such a high priority on sort of working my way up the ladder yeah, and getting to a point. And I was at that point, right? I was at a, I was managing a store. I'd managed three stores over the last five years and been pretty successful. And I still didn't get a sense of joy out of doing that. And I didn't feel fulfilled doing that. And I've already, I haven't even started in this new job, but yep. I actually feel like I'm, like there's a, I'm so excited to be able yeah. to go and do this because I'm actually going to, I'm going to put myself under a bit of pressure. I'm going to put mm. myself in, in, into an experience that's going to make me uncomfortable and, I'm just, yeah, and I don't even, the money, I don't even worry about the money. You know what I mean? Like I'm just going to do something that's that's really exciting. And, and I think the, that positivity that we keep talking about, which, you know, had previously been used to, um, you know, lure people into buying white goods, um, <laughs> is now going to have a really strong positive effect on, you know, on people wanting to do a better job and stuff, right? I, I, I would, so. I would even, and this is this is some quality work I'm about to do, tying stuff together. I, I would say that what you're about to go through is similar to Stu that year after school, right? Like, finally, this is on your terms. So the work you're going to do is going to be easy. That's that's how I picture it's going to be like it's obviously going to be stressful and hard and you're going to be nervous and worried about it but you're going to be driven by that not some corporate level thing of like if you do this then we will reward you exactly 
Well, that's not... Uh, I'm, actually, no, I won't go there. You see, industrialised system, you were talking about with education, this is the same with the workforce, is, you know, you're getting paid, but but you have a bit more autonomy, I guess. When was the last time you had that? Well, exactly. Well, they, they say they give you autonomy, but right. you've got to do we'll it within see. a framework. The, right, um, right, right. So I, just to give you an idea... You are a teacher, Wigan. That- <laughs> <laughs> the um they the the team that I presented to gave me a framework and said we want you to present on vulnerability and so I had to basically work within I, I got given a video to work off and I got some a couple of sentences to work off and I had to pre- present ten minutes on vulnerability yeah are you and- going to paste you to for his story about pooping in a beanie <laughs> as a way to show. <laughs> Vulnerability. Who's to say I already haven't? I've held details back just as a carrot. Uh, What we'll do is we'll loop Wiggins telling that story. There wasn't a carrot. We'll we'll just... Snapped off. Oh, dear. We'll just loop Wiggins telling that story back in over the top or Buckler telling the story and it'll be fine. Oh, God. Thank you. Anyway, yeah, sorry. Hang on. So, yeah, I just wanted to... just finish on this is that for the first time in a long, in a long, long time, I read a book and wanted to get a highlighter out and actually highlight some stuff in the book, right? Like there was just one Kempf. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and I was... there's a darkness. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say, yeah, no, darkness. it's not dark. It's not dark at all. <laughs> You can cut that out. No, no way. Oh, no, I'm too lazy. To no way. That ah, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> maybe. Hey, look, that software might automatically pick up my yeah, account and right. just, just <laughs> delete it. Anyway. Block. Yeah. Shattering classes will be on a watch list. <laughs> oh God. Uh, but I see. I was I was researching for this presentation, right? And I thought, and I just I sort of picked up this book and was scrolling through it and just actually got into it and wanted to take stuff from that and put it into the presentation. And I don't remember the last time I read something that made me feel like that. And that was a good sign for me because it was 1130 at night. And usually I'm, you know, I'm well asleep by that. And I just, that got me, that got me excited. And so the difference when you're fired up, doesn't it? Bloody oath. Did we get around to everyone's theories on who changed the most or least? No. Well, hang on. I, I did send out a... Oh, hang on. Here we go. Oh, what's all Here this Here we about? go. Oh, okay. So I've got no explanation, but Claire Wiggins says uh, Stu's changed the least. There you go. There we go. But there's got to be qualification for that. Like, no, nah, I can concur, Claire. <laughs> <laughs> She's always been wise. <laughs> She's right. <laughs> I, I don't actually mind not having changed, but I'd be interested to know what it's based on. Yeah, her seeing you once every 12 years or something like that. <laughs> That's okay. That's fine. Now, yeah. I want to I get back to, to, to talking to you about, like, your change of circumstance. But while Claire has just popped up there, while, talking about, like, change of friendship and things like that, uh, Ellis, when we we'd played cards at the club, so we're going back to that for a few hours, and then we went... And we all had dinner at the at Wigo's local pub at the Ellie. And um, Stu and Wigo went to pick up his wife and his sister, Claire, 
and, and bring them to the pub as well. And Ellis and I were having a chat about uh, making friends. You remember this, Ellis? We were talking about making new friends and how difficult it is. Yeah. And it, it became so clear when I look back on having that discussion about why it's harder to make new friends and obviously you fall back into these patterns with us and it's like putting on a comfortable pair of pants and it's just so relaxing. And then I said, oh, look, they've just turned up. All right, when Claire comes in, we have to get up and do a dance. And so when Claire walked in, we not only started dancing, but we started screaming, if you remember. <laughs> yes. In the middle of a pub, it was a Friday night, about, you know, quarter to seven, and we were just like, woo, sort of just basically screaming at Claire and dancing at the same time. And I, looking back, I thought, that is the difference, Ellis. You can't make new friends and just start dancing in the middle of a pub at 6.30 at it's night. Rick flaring all over the place. Yeah, screaming at the top of your lungs with excitement. You can't do that. That's a risk. We well, can do that, but that is a risk. But when you've that's got old friends, you go, that's what we're going to do. <laughs> yeah, you can do. say, you can say, let's stand up, yell and dance around, and they'll just go, all right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. There's no question. Yeah. If, I, if you did it with new friends, they'd be like, sorry, what's happening? What? And then they'll go, oh, my God, like, what's happening? But no, old friends. Then, then they're old friends. Yeah. Then they're old friends. That's right. <laughs> but you can get up and scream and shout. And then Claire in all her glory, can come and say, you're going to get us kicked out for being too noisy, <laughs> even though she is oh, the noisiest person yeah. there ever was. The irony. Yeah, the, the irony. irony. And, in fact, at one point she laughed so loud, <laughs> someone at the bar, like, snapped their head off, basically, turning around to see A glass what the broke. Hell... Yeah. Trying <laughs> <laughs> to find out where that bird of prey was in the room. Yeah, dear. But yes, I, that was something that occurred to me was just like, yes, that's the difference between how easy it is to have old friends versus making new friends. Now, um, we'll get back to, to Wigo uh, and all those changes, but I, I wanted to ask Stu, in the is it in the last 12 months uh, that both you and your wife lost your jobs? Is that correct? Uh, probably longer for Mish, but yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh... This time last year, October last year, yeah. Right. So was that it? Was that similar to to Wigo in that you had to, obviously that's a force change. That's a different thing to what Wigo went through. But what what were the discussions like within the two of you within the family of what to do next? Um. Well, it, it was. Uh, I don't think a lot of kind of technical discussion about strategy was done. It was more just what's out there, get stuff in, and we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, you know, the the payout that you get when you're made redundant gives you a little bit of security to feel like you can look around and spend a bit of time sorting out what is best for the next move. But right. I... um. I kind of, uh, yeah, I, I, I did expect her to freak out and she didn't. She was so cool about it. And I, yeah, felt bad about expecting her to freak out. Mm. Um, but, yeah, look, I got a job, you know, within a couple of, within two months. So, uh, no, a uh, month and a half. So, And was um, it the same with... With Wigo, is this the, the new job that, that you've 
that you took on, does it is it a bit more on your terms? Well, I'm going to find that out in the first week of December. But yes, at like strangely enough, I was in discussions with a couple of people that are part of the team before I had my interview, and they were saying everyone that they've spoken to so far goes on and on and on about work-life balance and you know getting out of stores and doing this and that. And they just said, do not talk about any of that at any stage because no one wants to hear about it. It's like the unwritten rule in retail is that if you get a chance to get out of the store, you, you just don't talk about it, right? And so I didn't say a word about it, but now I'm... Weekends off. I've never had weekends off. Well, I might have had one in one in two. Was like a oh, that's like that's that's big boy stuff. Yeah. Uh, it does mean you have to take your children to stuff now, though. That's okay. That's all right. Yeah, I'll take my children to stuff now. Just on Tuesday afternoons. <laughs> <laughs> the um, so the. The, look, the no public holidays thing, that's, that's, that, that is what it is. But the but I'm a little, I'm definitely trepidatious around what, getting left to my own devices because I'm working interstate f- away from the rest of the team. Yeah. I, I feel like I will definitely be able to motivate myself, but will I be able to motivate myself when there's 17 games of NBA basketball on, <laughs> on a, on a Thursday afternoon at, yeah. at two o'clock when I've just, you know, well, like, ben, maybe this is why you haven't done it earlier, you <laughs> know, because now you've reached a point where you, of, of maturity where you will be able to self-manage to avoid that. Yeah. You might do weird stuff. We go like get up at, you know, five o'clock, five o'clock, start your work. So you can watch your 13 games of NBA. Yeah. From two o'clock onwards. Yeah. That sounds spectacular. <laughs> yeah, I thought you'd like that. What yeah. about you? Sorry. Could, yeah. Uh, clarifying something I just said before about like expecting my wife to freak out. I think part of that was the fact that uh, two and a half years prior, I had made the choice to leave what was like a, an operations role into like a creative role running yeah. the podcast team. Yeah. And then after two and a half years, 10 decided I didn't want that anymore. Um, so I think there was kind of just a level of, well, you like the fact that it wasn't like I'd been in the same job for 10 years and then they decided they didn't want it anymore. So the there's less responsibility on me yeah i'd chosen that and it and then they axed that so i don't know i think maybe there was a uh, some subconscious guilt you felt like you were responsible for your own demise to a certain degree and that there'd yeah. be some blowback on that despite the fact that in the other area eventually there'll be redundancies and it'll get automated out yeah um, yeah. But which is was my motivation at the, well, part of my justification at the time for for moving across. But yeah, I, I, I yeah, I, I, I guess I was worried 
that she would hold that against me. Yeah, but I think I think uh, I think that's fairly natural. I think a lot of things that go into my head about what my wife will think about something or be mm. annoyed about always turns out to be nothing. Yeah, yeah we've had this discussion before, yeah. haven't we? Yeah. Where what what is in your head and and you know Nick his line of you know if you say to your wife or oh, I think you're going to say this when you say it out loud, it's usually ridiculous yeah. or it's usually completely wrong because, you know, but you do that in your own head of like, but they could say this. And if they said that, maybe they'd be right. And then <laughs> uh, that would make me feel bad. And so. And the weirdest part is when they don't act the way you thought they would. Yeah. Then you're really pleased with them. Well done. Yeah. Thank you. You should achieve <laughs> yes. something. Yeah. What? What have I achieved? Yeah. Oh, well, I thought you were going to do something else. Yeah. And which like, I didn't what? know about. You thought I was yeah. going to be. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. Why would I act that way? I don't know. Well, I'd yeah. be really mean if I acted that way. Yeah. 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 yeah let's talk about that a bit more. No, no, no. We move on. <laughs> no, 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 no. Champagne. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, again, me being an idiot. It's a theme of this episode. <laughs> we're all uh, idiots, yeah, Buckland. Yeah, we're all we're on board all there, Buckland. Idiots. You what are an idiot. What about no, no. you? <laughs> what about Ellis? What about Ellis? Like when you had to, you had the option or the, the chance to move, move to a rural area, move the whole family with, with two young kids. What was it? Was there negotiation with the family or um kind of well i think that kind of really as i say i kind of started getting stuck into the five-year plan thinking i think for us it was very much a financial motivation yeah so just the fact and it kind of and see i think that i probably (laughs) done exactly the opposite i thought oh everything will be fine and then it wasn't and so it's, um, yeah, we kind of, so we decided, so, well, there was an opportunity to come out West and do a year placement. And so I did that and I'd retain my position on the East Coast and teaching jobs on the East Coast are like like a hen's teeth. And to get one straight out of uni was pretty much unheard of. And so I managed to get one of those. So I was already kind of five years down the track of where I thought my plan was going to be when I first finished my degree. And so I did my five years at um, my previous school and then thought, right, we're never going to be able to afford a house here the way things are, like paying exorbitant rents, um, the two kids and everything. Like it just wasn't going to happen. Like we weren't going to be able to save enough for a deposit. We didn't have many other options. So the idea was we move out west for a bit, save some money, and then we'll... um, save up enough for a deposit and then move back. Um, and it was supposed to be kind of two years, three years maximum. But now that's kind of changed in the pandemic was a big factor in that. Like Tony, my wife couldn't get any work when we first moved out here. Um, she found it incredibly difficult. So I thought, oh, yeah, everything will be fine. We'll sort it out. And it really wasn't. It was really, really tough. She couldn't get work. Um we were we were financially secure out here. It was all fine. But I don't think that it's been quite the experience that I was expecting for her. Like I'm having a really positive time of it and she's really not. So I suppose from that negotiation kind of perspective, my I, I feel 
I feel a little bit ridiculously paternal in the fact that the reason we've come and done this is order her big thing ever since like we first met was that she wanted to own her own home one day. Like she didn't want to be renting. Um, her mum was, you know, a low paid um, worker in aged care. And so there's always been this kind of thing where that's what she's known all her life. She really wanted to have some kind of security and stuff like that. So I thought I was affording her an opportunity to get that. But as a result, we've kind of had to, we've had to move so far away from the family and everything that it has become, incredibly difficult so um yeah we are look it's it's working out okay at the moment but as i say we are looking to try and move back like what's our next step going to be is very much um a big part of what we're doing at the moment so trying to figure that out like for me i'd be quite happy to you know upgrade our current house and move to a decent property with you know your pool and your acre and the kids can the schools here are good and it's all good in that regards and we can we'd, we'd be able to afford to you know go back home you know a couple of times a year but it's i completely understand that that's not the life that she wants to live so we really need to start to think of that exit strategy and how we're going to get back and what we're going to do about that mm, so yeah it's a yeah, as I say, it, it, it's it, at the risk of being kind of, as I say, there's that horrible, almost paternalistic thing of I'm just doing this for the best of my family, despite how it's affecting my family. I feel mm. that there's right. been a little bit of that going on. Mm. And, I've, I, and I suppose there's a bit of residual guilt, but at the same time, I think the end result will be for the best, hopefully, and everything will work out in the long run. But yeah, it is a bit of a precarious situation as well in regards to that. Um, yeah, we'll see how we go. Oh, that's a shame. Um, and it sounds like, you know, there was there was no real way of knowing that this was going to be a thing before you went, I guess. Well, I think it was part of that. But also, I think that also I kind of thought that um, she'd come around to a certain degree. Like, you know, right. so I'm not being um, nasty when I say this, but I just thought, you know, you know, She'll make some friends and it'll all work out and, you know, sha-la-la-la, we'll live this <laughs> nice rural life. And, yeah. you know, and it's, and it's, I think we're incredibly lucky in a lot of regards. Like, you know, the fact that we're in a, a at least a relatively large regional centre, it's not like we're completely bumfuck nowhere. Like, you know, for compared to some of the places that we, that I applied to. So <laughs> yeah. um, there is a lot of, there's a lot of positives around that, but, I think that, yeah, I think there's that risk of, and I, I think that that's kind of where Wiggins was alluded to a bit is that finding that balance between, you know, your financial obligations to your family and your emotional obligations to them mm. and trying to find that, that through line. And I don't know, I think that kind of having started, I feel like I've started late in life for a lot of things. Like, you know, I fucked around for a really long time traveling and doing all that and so did my wife and so we've kind of I, I felt very much that I'd had my life I'd, I'd lived my life I lived a very full life so it was time to kind of settle down and get some shit sorted and so that's kind of been a bit of my attitude for the last 10 years I suppose hmm. but um yeah I've I, I probably haven't been quite as um open to the way how it's a fair or hasn't really anticipate how it's affected 
her in particular. Like the kids are great. They love it. They they don't know any difference. They'll make friends easily. But yeah, mm-hmm. for her, I think it's been a particularly tough move. And so and that's been and it was exacerbated, obviously, by the all the COVID stuff and everything like that. Well, can I give you a piece of advice? Mm. Um, when you do eventually leave town and <laughs> drive back to somewhere else. Don't tie your pants to a steering wheel if you see Blanche in a Land Cruiser. <laughs> definitely hit exactly something on the way do. out of town. Yeah, definitely definitely hit something. Hit I'll something. be ramming someone's car. So, yeah, that's a, that's a definite. And uh, so, yeah. Yeah. So, I feel like I bring the mood down. I didn't mean to. No, 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 no not at all. Good. No. Um, you could also get a toilet, cover it with blood, yep. leave that's it on. That's a great idea. We'll do a council steps. I'll just leave it floating on, a, floating on a raft in the middle of the Murray. Just, I just wanted to see... A picture in the paper of a bloody toilet on the steps. That's all I wanted. Now, hang on. I've got, I've got two things I want to ask you, but the first one is to you, Rich. And I just want to know, you said at the big, be- you said close to the beginning that you, you thought everything was going to be okay. And then it wasn't like at what stage did that sort of hit you? And did it send you into some sort of like supercharged? I've got to get all this sorted out quicker than what I'd first thought or did you were you able to because you'd spoken about five like the five-year plan stuff so at that point did you just go okay right there's the line five years five years five years yeah well I think that the thing was is that it it did kind of supercharge it did really kind of it was a motivating factor absolutely and um I think that you know I thought that like you know we've bought a house here now and I think that was a good move financially but it's also kind of tied us here a bit as well. Mm. And mm. Not, that's not a bad thing, I think, for the way that it's kind of worked out. Like, you know, I've had a promotion at work and that's working out really well professionally and um, getting some really good feedback around the place on that. But at the same time, it's that um, having your, even though I'm committed here, like there is still that that thought of kind of looking for the next step. Mm. And that's that can be a bit dangerous. I just have to be very wary of that and make sure that, you know, I, we stick to whatever other commitments we make over the next couple of years and keep that, um, recognise the fact that, you know, it, we are a, a partnership, we're a team and we're a family and that, you know, this is part of our plan was to come here and and give ourselves a, a, a bit of financial security and then we can then move back. So, you know, there is that, it, it's been a motivator I suppose that it, and it's not going to last forever. I think that I, as I say, I would have been quite comfortable staying out here, but it's not really an option for everyone else. Yeah. Okay. I, I, w- I wanted to ask, like, just what you're talking about there, and and this is for all of us. Is you're talking about like it's a bit, you know, patriarchal to think you are, you know, providing for your family and all of that stuff. But do you? feel whether it's true or not that you are the person that fixes things in the relationship or in the family that it's your responsibility this is a question to everyone yes yes the yes both well literally yes (laughs) fixing things you're literally Um, fixing things yes and but i feel like there is a real like there's a definitely a um, we we have our roles emotionally like hmm. we we don't like that's not something that is um, 
specifically Linz's job or specifically my job, um, we do, and I, I think I took this from you, Matthew, and from you and Justine, mm. we've taken that from you and Justine, was just being really self-aware about who has the capacity at that particular time to right. deal with that emotional issue. So fixing things literally, me, emotionally, both of us. Right. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. It's really oh, interesting. Sorry. sorry. Um, no, yeah, I just think it's really interesting. I, I think, I don't know. As I say, I, I think that it is, I think, yeah, as I say, I think that while I, on self-reflection type thing, it's, it is a fairly patriarchal household, not in not that I want it to be that way or anything like that. And Tony absolutely has, you know, her autonomy and her decisions and everything like that. Like, you know, there's no way that I don't You ever... keep the card though, right? <laughs> no, well, actually, no, she, she, she keeps the card, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, just to interject, one of the conversations we had while we were hanging out was I don't know what we used to talk about, but what we talked about was offset accounts and what, what do we do? Oh, All these things like that. Very, very old person. Anyway, sorry. Yes, Ellis. Yeah, no, I just think that it's, I think that, you know, we, I, I feel an obligation, particularly at the moment with where we are and everything to set things right. So, yes. yeah. And, I, and as I say, I don't, it, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I understand that. Yeah. I, it's taken me a while to work out that um, not every complaint is wanting a practical piece of advice. <laughs> you know, um, as in, you know, oh, this happened and that happened and now I feel like this. Well, we can just do this. Yeah. But that's like, it's, it's yeah. instinctive for me to do that. Mm. But yeah. it's taken a while to be aware that it's not really always what's being asked for. <laughs> and, but I think and- also it's kind of reflective of who we are, I think. Like, you know, in every role that I've had in life, I've always had <laughs> either by hook or by crook ended up in some kind of a leadership position and you kind of, you fix things, you sort it out. There's a problem, you fix it. And that's kind of what I do in the day-to-day of my job. It's what I've done in my job in the past. And so it's what I like to do for my family. You just want to try and make life as easy as possible for everyone else. It's kind of everything that I do. And so it's very hard to get out of that mindset and I suppose share the, the burden to a certain degree if, you know, unnecessarily. I think there's also a self-gratification element to it of solving someone's problem for them and feeling good about yourself. Absolutely. Whereas, you know, no one really wants to sit and dwell in a problem for a long time, but sometimes doing that leads to a better outcome than trying to think of a way to fix it that's the first thing that pops into your head, you know? No, I'm going to clip that. I'm going to clip that and give that mm. to people too. Yeah, I um, I I I sometimes you know talk. We'll talk to students, and they will, especially at the end of year twelve, they will be like, "What's like? Give us adult advice, like adulting advice." 
And that was, I remember very clearly like talking to students and saying, you know, if you're a male and your partner is complaining about something, just say like, oh, that's hard or that sucks. Don't, don't try and tell them like what the answer is or how to solve it. And their response was, yeah, yeah, but, but what if I've got a good answer? What? And like the girls in the classroom were like, oh my God, my dad just blah, blah, blah. That's all he ever does is just tell me what to do. And I was like, yeah, I mean, it took me like people that I worked with. It took Alison and Sasha in the front office to be like, no, 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 no. That's not your job. And I'm like, oh, but I thought I had to fix things. They're like, why would you think that's your job? They, your partners can fix things. They're competent. And I was like, yeah, that's true. I was like, huh, I don't yeah. know why you think. And it's the same thing with kids. It's like yeah, with your own children, it's like, oh, well, here's how you solve it. But gee, it took me so long to learn that. It was just to be like, oh, man, that's a tough day. Rather than here's what you do. They don't, they don't want that. Unless they ask, do you want some advice? It's a great question to ask people. Yeah. Mm, I should yeah. do that more. I, I, I've got to catch myself. Yeah, and it's hard. Sometimes you did it before, Stu. Yeah. You actually asked the question <laughs> before you gave advice. You literally did it before. Mm. Oh, Maybe yeah. you didn't even think about it. <laughs> yeah, see? There you go. <laughs> Wiggins, you're a good, you're a, you're a teacher already. Okay, hang on, hang on. I, oh, wait, wait, wait. Thing touch, <laughs> the second thing to touch base on. Oh, okay. All right, Ellis. Second thing to touch base on, it's we've been going 90 minutes. What I was just saying. <laughs> just, just in, no, just in, just the first thing what Ellis was saying, right? And I just wanted to, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I wanted to ask that question, but now I also want to ask you a question, but I need you <laughs> two to weigh in as well. Okay, yeah. Pools. <laughs> How do we feel about pools? Because Ellis, you said you wanted to get a property and you wanted to have your pool and you wanted to, oh, you know, that's, it, now I understand that that's probably just a, you know, We've now entered the dad, dad, the dad discussion the dad of, the, of the podcast. Yeah. Yes. The other day, I literally had a conversation about filling in my pool. Mm. Oh my! Yes, that's oh. old dad conversation. I thought that was being at least another ten years, Wiggins. What about your resale value? Well, I've actually had a conversation with the real estate agent about this as well. Jeez, resale value is the same. Pool or no pool. It's either great backyard, like big grassy backyard, or you got a pool. But I think the resale value would go up if it was a really good lawn because dads (laughs) love mowing their lawns. And mowing your lawn is definitely easier if it's a big square than cleaning a pool. Yeah, but isn't but, that a recipe for a swale? Just having to fill in a <laughs> pool in and oh, right, that's a good title. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> recipe for a swale. Um, Wiggins, I, I, let, I, I don't know. I'm not a real estate agent, so I'm not qualified to talk on this. But I think the the uh, real estate agents talking bollocks. We've just talked about yeah. like as a parent, how you want to try and fix everything, and if parents turn up to a place that's got a pool, their kids are going to flip out. If it's a lawn, you're talking about a dad going, that's a good lawn. Yeah. But if there's a pool, yeah. those kids are being like, Dad, we want the place with the pool. Also, you know, he's this is a salesperson. He just wants to, 
you tell you what you want to hear. You approached him as someone who looked fucking jack of dealing with a pool, asking if I fill this, if I fill this fucker in, this guy am I going to lose any money? Yeah, yeah. And, and he, he said, by the way, no. Christmas is a load of shit too. And you were like, I like this guy. Oh, he's, hey. he's a sensible man. I the way this shrub thinks. I think that it comes down, 3%, it comes back down to and this is I'm getting to the state, and this is something that I've noticed amongst all my friends is the financial concern. And it's always and I, I keep coming back to this. So this is obviously my big thing, is that because I've lived so hand to mouth for so many years, and now I'm not, and I'm seeing that the same with all my friends as well. Like, you know, people aren't completely povo anymore. And so being able, having that flexibility and having that autonomy from money is a really big thing. So what's going to be, provide the biggest joy to your family? If they're going to, if your family is going to enjoy a big backyard and you are going to enjoy a big backyard, then go for it. But if they're going to have another SSA, 10, 15 years of joy out of a swimming pool in the backyard, then, you know, that's a big, that's a big, big load of happiness right there. This is why I come to you people. Can I just suggest we put a pin in that and move that conversation over to the Dad Pants, Dad Pants podcast, podcast. Yeah. which um, we should be doing. We should do more of, really, and we can really dive deep into your um, pool nice. question because you know it opens up other questions. Yeah. Does, that, does that mean you want to move? That's dead. Got to say, got to say, came back so, from holidays so- and the lawn was absolutely weed infested, and I've just been hammering that puppy and I've got the most beautiful green at the front of the moment. It's just incredible. It's lush. Well, that's yeah. nice All if right. you wanna if you want to hear more of that gear, go find the Dead Pants <laughs> Podcast Lush Lawn Talk. Are we wrapping up? We're gonna wrap I've up, got, yes. We've been going I've a long got time. something oh yeah. I, I've just got one thing that kind of I guess highlighted to me on the topic of change mm. when the day that I realized that you changed a little bit, Matt. Oh I was wearing shoes. Uh, no, no. What, when would it have been? Probably maybe ten-ish years ago. Mm. Yeah, maybe a bit, maybe a bit less than. Mm. Um, and you, I was, I live in Sydney. You were coming through Sydney, so you were stopping off for lunch and to say a bit of a hello. And I was wondering, all right, what am I going to feed this bastard? Um, okay, nachos. Nachos. I'm going to do a big plate of nachos and get a heap of mints going, heap of stuff, pile it all on, cheese up the yin yang. He's, he'll love it, right? He'll bloody love it. Um, so I made these massive plates of nachos and we sat down and um, started getting into it. And after a while, you just looked like you were kind of just picking at it. And I, I felt a bit like, oh god! And I said, oh, is like, do you not like it? Is something wrong? And you went, no, it's nice, it's fine. It's just portion sizes are a thing now. <laughs> and I went, fucking what? <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah, yeah. It was, it was a real thing of like, oh, okay, all right, wow. <laughs> What do you mean? What? My my. What do you mean was legitimately what do you mean? Okay, righto. Wow. So um, I think that that was a day where I kind of went back and went, maybe maybe serving people a massive mountain of meat and cheese isn't isn't the way to go. 
Yeah. Well, it usually, it usually is. Oh, it never, is. Yeah. I would say I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I remember that. And I think that was uh, living in Japan with, with Jazz was portion sizes are they're just smaller. That, that mm. was, it's one thing that you don't think about. It's kind of like this invisible change in your life mm. is that you eat less because portion sizes are smaller. And, and that mm. I know we really noticed it coming back when we moved back to yeah. Australia was like, can't finish mm. any meal at a restaurant because it's so huge <laughs> with just all that stuff. Now, I think I'll be okay with with that now. I think maybe, you know. Oh, so it was. I've had time times. to. Yeah, I've worked back into it. I think I've worked myself back into, yeah, just an enormous food amount fitness. Of food. I did eat a lot of food on that Friday when we were at the pub. And then, yes, oh. and then I did eat a lot. And certainly, oh. certainly now, Wiggins, we went home and what did I do? What did I go into your cupboard for? It was you chocolate? Remember? No, no. Some bicarb soda. Oh, that's right. The bicarb soda. Yes. Because we got back to Wigos and I was like, I am so bloated with food and beer. And then I remembered a friend of mine who'd overeaten at a wedding and someone said, just have a, like a big teaspoon of bicarb soda. It's just like an antacid, basically. What? Yeah. yeah. And I was like, yeah. well, that tasted be gross. And then she was like, oh, I'm going to have that. And then she burped a couple of times and was like, oh, I feel better. So I was just like, you got any bicarb soda? I was fossicking around Wigo's cupboard. I took a big swig of that and it worked. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know if it worked for you, Wigo. Nah, well, portion sizes are a thing. That steak sandwich I had that night <laughs> yeah. made me angry after I'd finished eating it because I just sat there. I felt like I just felt bloated and cranky and yeah. just wanted to, yeah. Hey, anyway. beer and, and I yeah, ordered, a lot of food. I ordered twice. <laughs> That's right. My sister. You ordered- you ordered two oh, lots. That's how much food there was in front of me. <laughs> oh yeah, we did it. We just sat on your lounge, Wiggins, basically just rolling back and forth. That's right. To, I was trying just to settle, struggling to breathe. Anyway, we, we, we sure we, we sure ate a lot that night, Chad. <laughs> <laughs> we sure we sure did. All right, well we'll we'll wrap it up on that on that bombshell. And um, I thank you very much. We'll, I'll probably have to make this two parts. It's way too long. Um, but uh, it's been a pleasure. We certainly, and there was a couple of things we didn't get to, but maybe uh, we'll have to reconvene and talk about some other things. Well, uh, Wigo I, is available. Weekends, yeah, he's got weekends, public holidays. Free. Yeah, that's right. And boxing over Christmas. Day. Let's have a Boxing Day podcast. I get to watch the Boxing Day test. Like, actually, hey. watch it, sit down and watch the first session for the yeah. first time in like 14 years. Uh, you'll be up fixing the levels uh-huh. in that pool, Wiggins. That's what you'll be doing. <laughs> oh, that sounds pretty <laughs> or you'll good. be celebrating Christmas with your extended family. Yeah. They could have a, yeah, could have a week of festivities now. Oh, how exciting. At your house, anyway. <laughs> well, thank you, gentlemen. That, that, that's thank it. Thank you very much. Thank oh, you. Bye now. Pleasure.